I want to begin today by giving you a report. For almost the last year and a half, I've been unable to go into the prison. Uh, last Monday, I was able to go into the prison. They, yeah. They usually put me in a large meeting room, which we've had probably as many as 50 in there. And uh, we were on our way up to the chapel and the new chaplain said, I'm afraid we're gonna have to move you into the chapel because we got too many people to fit in the large meeting room. That's not the best news. At the conclusion of my teaching, a young lady gave her heart to the Lord. That's even better. I don't know why I'm so nervous this morning, but I'm, I can't hardly hold myself up. My knees feel like. My brother asked me the other day if I ever quit being nervous. I said, no, never quit. I want to share a story with you as I begin. I got a friend that used to be a bodybuilder. You know, them people that show all their muscles. And uh, I spent quite a bit of time with him. And he spent quite a bit of his time in the weight room. We should have that on the, on the screen. He spent quite a bit of his time in the weight room. And he would work out every evening, every evening, every evening. And the reason he would work out was so that he could compete against an adversary or another competitor. And the commitment he had was undaunted. He just kept working and working and working and working to try to build what he was trying to build. He focused on different parts of his body with different exercises and different weight lifts. And uh, he identified certain muscles by how he uh, worked on certain weights. And his diet, I couldn't survive on because all he ate was boiled chicken and raw vegetables, boiled chicken and raw vegetables, sometimes uh, hard boiled eggs. But he owned a produce market and uh, I've been around there and he would eat boiled chicken and walk by and pick up a piece of produce and eat it. But he ranked number four in the state of West Virginia in his age class. So it paid off for him because he spent time in the weight room. Now using that story, I wanna draw a parallel between the physical and the spiritual. The physical is the W-E-I-G-H-T room. The spiritual is the W-A-I-T room. We need to spend some time in the weight room. James 1 verses 2 and 3 says, My brethren, count it all joy when we fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I know you've tried faith and it didn't work. Don't lie to me. You've tried faith and it didn't work. I've tried faith at times and it didn't seem to work. And I would give up and move on to something else. But that's our problem is we give up and move on to something else. We need to stay in the weight room. Think about this. In order for faith to work, it has to be tested. Amen? In order for faith to work, it has to be tested. You don't do so well the first time, so you try again and again 
and again until it worked. We face tests, like it or not. Every one of us faced tests and trials, whether we like it or not. Uh, each one of us has something different going on in our life, but it's still a test, and we face it uh, day in and day out. But so many of us, and I'm, I said, uh, so many of us try to face those tests in and of our own ability and our own power and our own strength and our own knowledge when in fact we have someone that will help us face those things. Now, I'm not telling you anything new. You know, when, when we get up here to speak and when we prepare ourselves to try to uh, present a, a message to the congregation, we're always trying to find something new. There's nothing new. We might present it in a different way, but there's nothing new. Right now in the middle of, of what we've gone through for the last year and a half, we need to be encouraged to trust in God. We need encouraged to have faith in God. We need encouraged to just know that God is always with us and everything that we face, he has an answer for and he has the ability for us to get through it. We face tests whether we like it or not. They're necessary not because God wants to know where we are, but they're necessary so that we can know where we are. I think about being in school and getting tested. I hated test days. But what those test days were for was to let me know what I had learned in the past days or weeks or months. So we had to do tests to find out where we are. A boat is tested by putting it in the water. A steel cable is tested by stretching it with a machine until it breaks knowing what the tensile strength is on a piece of cable. I worked at a cement plant in Ohio before I went to the service several years ago and uh, we made prefab uh, concrete beams and through those beams we would take a, a good heavy, uh, probably a half inch or a five eighths cable and run it through the forms and we would hook it to a hydraulic machine that would pull that uh, cable to a certain tension or a certain strength and that way when the form was cut it would stabilize that cement. Some boy didn't put the chuck on just right one morning and he was pulling the cable and it come out of the chuck and that cable come back like a whip and went through a 12 inch concrete block wall. But cable it, the strength of cable is determined by how it's pulled. An eagle, when it has small ones, when it wants the small one to learn how to fly, it takes all the cushion out of the nest and eventually kicks the uh, eaglet out and more or less says fly. And if it doesn't fly, sweeps down and picks it up and he does it again until the eaglet begins to fly and knows what it's like to fly. We face each test with joy because each uh, test that we face is not an end in itself. A few weeks ago, I preached on Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me even in the presence of my enemies. A test isn't the end in itself, but a motivation to deeper character. A test will build character in us. 
it'll build perseverance and character in us. It'll make us uh, more victorious and it'll make us stronger. They become opportunities to prove God is still on the throne. God is still able to meet and satisfy needs and, and heal and uh, bring uh, miracles to people and deliverance to people. We see others go through things that we think we can't go through. until we have to go through it. Pastor called me on the phone not long after he had his surgery and my daughter was in the hospital in Huntington as well. She was there for five weeks. The doctor looked at her after a little while and said, when I saw you, I thought you were going to die. That's what the doctor said to her. He said, I, I just thought you were going to die. But in the same declaration, he said, but you're going to live. Stuart called me on the phone. He said, they could come in and see me a little bit each day. And I got, I got to feeling bad about all that. This is not exactly his words, but I'm paraphrasing. Till I thought about Denise. Nobody could go in and see her. She laid there in that hospital bed for four weeks I think before I was able to get in to go in and see her and encourage her he said I knew if Denise could do it I could do it sometimes we see people go through things we don't think we could do but because we've seen them go through it when it's us that's going through it that gives us strength and encouragement to be able to walk through it ourselves. and when we walk out the other side we walk out with a greater level of character and faith and confidence in the person that gives us that faith and confidence. The purpose of the test is to help us know how much faith we have and how we can trust and depend on God. We need to trust and depend on God, folks. I know this is not new, but, but we need to learn to have faith. There's not a one of you in here this morning that's born again that won't confess that I'm born again, but you can't prove it. You hear me? You can't prove it. All you can do is confess it, but you can't prove it. I can't prove that you're saved or not saved. You can't prove that I'm saved or not saved. And so we quickly uh, grab hold of the fact that because of what Jesus done from the cross to the throne, I am born again because I've accepted that sacrifice for the salvation of my sins. We need to create confidence in ourselves, faith within our heart that God will do things just as quickly and just as easily and just as willingly as he, was, he did for us for salvation. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, just as if I never sinned by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. We also glory in tribulation. 
knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Listen, we, we need to understand that tests aren't something for God to destroy us but he uses those tests to create character and faith and perseverance in us. Some of you have gone through some pretty tough stuff, but you went through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. That's how we get through the things we do. Test builds character, so we can't give up. We have to keep going. We have to keep believing. I, I think about... My little great-grandson, he was one in January, and uh, he's a real little fella. He's not, he's not as big as most kids his age. He's a little short uh, guy, and he was forever learning to walk. And he got to the point where if you would hold on to him, he could walk with you. And he wouldn't try to walk any other way. And he about broke everybody's back walking him around, trying to get him so he would walk on his own. And I remember one evening, and he didn't, when he did try, he didn't give up. He'd just get up and try. But I remember one evening at the house, my, my granddaughter was off doing something in the kitchen. We were in the living room, and Colton left me and walked all the way across the room by himself. Now, he had fallen down all kinds of times but he never gave up. He didn't say, Pappy, if you'll carry me the rest of my life, I won't try this again. He never gave up. Now, I went to his sister's ball game the other night and uh, was standing there and he grabbed my finger and he wanted to go for a walk, but he wanted me to go with him. And we walked down through the grass and he was holding on to my finger and all of a sudden, he wanted to go somewhere where I wasn't going, and he let loose of my finger and took off. He didn't have no trouble walking then. Matter of fact, he started running to get, get where he wanted to go. How, how we can learn from children. He got hurt a few times when he fell, but he never gave up. He still falls down once in a while when he gets in a hurry, but he doesn't give up. He gets up and goes again. I'm encouraging you that don't give up because you, you, you don't see the result that you want to the first time. Keep trying. Stay in the weight room. W-A-I-T room. Stay in the weight room. Most of us will fail more times than we'll succeed. Most of the things we do successfully in life came about because we're willing to try over and over and over again. But we've failed more than we succeeded. Look at James 1, 4, and 5. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Is there anybody in the room that lacks nothing? Nobody jumped up and shouted, did they? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given. Now verse four says, 
let patience have its perfect work. Sometimes we get impatient with God. God never gets impatient with me. He never gets impatient with you. He may try your faith, but he never gets impatient with you. Have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. Perfect means mature. I'm still growing. I think about how many years I've been a Christian, Jason, and I still learn new things every day. I've been reading things in the Bible I don't remember reading, and I've read it through more than once. And I keep learning new things every day. And verse 4 lets me know that, that uh, when, I, when I stay in the weight room, it doesn't matter whether I understand or not, I can ask God for wisdom. Verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. The word reproach there in verse number 5 uh, means to blame or to rebuke. So let me reread that verse. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without blame and without reproach, and it will be given to him. I don't know if you, you've ever, you probably never done uh, what I'm about to say I've done. I'm probably the only one, but uh, I've, I've asked God for things, and in the middle of my asking, I begin to tell him all the things that I haven't done, all the reasons I shouldn't get what I got, I'm asking for. Because I think God looks at me and, and begins to blame me. I think he looks at me and begins to rebuke me because I haven't read my Bible enough, I haven't prayed enough, I haven't attended church enough, I haven't tithed enough, I haven't given enough, and I start naming all the things that I feel like I'm short on when in fact it says without blame or reproach. If I ask for wisdom, he don't remind me of all my failures and all my shortcomings. He don't remind me of all those things at all because when I get mature, when I get where I want to go, I'll, I'll have what I ask for. Now, we done a study a few years ago in the book of Proverbs. I don't know if anybody's in here that went through that study. But every week I come in the classroom and I tested the class by asking questions. And three of the main things that I talked about in that class were three words, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And what I taught was knowledge is the accumulation of facts. Understanding is the arrangement of facts and wisdom is the application of facts. And I come in and I grilled the whole class every week on, on those three things as well as other things. But I had to miss a week. And, and they couldn't hardly answer what knowledge, understanding, and wisdom were the way I wanted them to answer it. So when I missed a week and I came back, I changed the words around not knowing that they had created a cheat sheet. 
The whole class was involved in that. My wife, one of them. They had created a cheat sheet and I asked those questions in a different order and guess what? They got them wrong because they were looking at their cheat sheet. You can't look at a cheat sheet. You have to know the facts. You have to know the facts. You have to arrange those facts and to have wisdom, you have to apply those facts. And the facts that I'm talking about are what the word of God says. Man, they got me good because I, I was befuddled when they couldn't answer those questions. I thought, man, we've been going through this for several weeks and nobody can give me the right answer to these questions. They're getting them all wrong. And what I understood was they were reading them off in the order I had asked them in, in prior classes, but, but I didn't ask them in that order. They got it wrong. It's pretty funny. They thought the trick was going to be on me, but it backfired. And my wife was even involved. Did I say that before? <laughs> Rob shared a message sometime back. You don't know what you don't know. We should be coming to church services to find out what we don't know. We should be studying the word to find out what we don't know. We should be studying different teachings to find out what we don't know. And to think about the things that we don't know to see if they agree with what the Word of God says. But we really don't know what we don't know. And that goes back to what I said a while ago. I've been reading some things I haven't read for a while in the scriptures here lately and, and I'm learning things that I didn't pick up the last times I read that, those verses. Uh, but we need to be coming to church Number one, to find out what we don't know. Number two, expecting something supernatural to happen in our lives. Whether it's revelation that, that enlightens us, whether it's a healing, whether whatever it is, we need to come expecting something supernatural to happen to us when we come to church. You know what I think happens in church services around the world? I think people think they need to go to church on Sunday they don't really think about why they need to go to church on Sunday. They just go to church because they think that's what you're supposed to do on Sunday. And they come to church hoping somebody that's got something, that somebody has something new for them so they can have their ears tickled and they can walk out of church rather than being sincere and coming expecting God to do something natural and supernatural in their life. And rather than coming to uh, find out what we don't know. We need, we need to spend some time in the weight room every Sunday morning before we come to church. Y'all hear me? It's just elementary stuff. I'm not, I'm not giving you anything great. It's just elementary stuff, but we get so busy in what we do and so routine in our, our habits at home that we just go through uh, routines and we don't even know why we do it. We just do it that way. We need to come expecting to find out what we don't know. God wants us to ask questions and to gain wisdom. God wants us to ask questions and gain wisdom. 
Faith is knowing God is able and willing to answer any request that we bring before him. Faith is based on the truth of how God feels about you. How does God feel about you? You need to stop and think about that. How does God feel about you? Does he feel like you're a failure? Does he feel like you've missed it? Does he feel this way? Does he feel that way? Or do we really understand how God feels about us? God's never loved me more and he'll never love me less than he loves me this very moment. That's how God feels about me. I think about that little great-grandson, there's nothing I wouldn't do for that little boy. And, and he just accepts my love without reservation. God would like to say to you, there's nothing he wouldn't do for you. And you need to accept him and believe in him without reservation. Faith's based on the truth of how, how God feels about us. So, so let's go to the weight room. Weight, W-A-I-T, in the Webster's Dictionary says to stay in place in expectation. How many times have you prayed, walked away from the prayer, not thought about it anymore for days or weeks or months with no expectation? Because it's not instant. There's no expectation. I was going to bring a, a uh, object lesson with me today, and I didn't. But I'm going to tell you about it. I, uh, me and my brother and sister divided my parents' stuff several years ago, and I was up there working the other day to kind of clean out some of mine in Elkins, and I found this thing that I, it was my turn, I took it, and it's, it's, it's a little metal box about like this with the screen over it and a handle on it that'll stretch out. You pour a little oil in that and a little popcorn and you hold it over an open fire. And it takes a while for it to pop popcorn because it's different than the microwave. I, at home, I just pull a bag out of the, out of the uh, box and unwrap it, throw it in the microwave and push popcorn. And a few minutes later, a couple of minutes later, I got popcorn. Well, this doesn't work that way. You got to shake it over the fire and you get popcorn. We live in this world that's so instant, so fast. So, you know, we order our food through a, a voice box. We, we get it in a bag and we eat it on the way to wherever we're going. We're in such a hurry that, that we don't understand that we, we're going to have to stop and wait on God to do things for us. You know, I always, I always watch mom made popcorn over the gas stove with that thing. And you would stand there and watch until the first kernel popped. Then you knew it was on its way because others started popping right after that. But you was in expectation of something happening. We need to learn to expect what we ask God for, we're going to get. But we're going to have to spend time in the weight room in expectation. We're going to have to learn. There's a parallel between the physical and the spiritual. The reason we have to be in the weight room is we have an adversary. Now we could blame it all on the devil, but a lot of our problem we could blame on ourselves. I won't go there. You, you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, commitment. We can't settle for failure. We can't settle for failure. 
Sometimes we're going to get a no, but we're going to know it's a no, right? Sometimes we're going to get a no. Focus. You have to focus on what God says about you. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says about me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can probably watch me live and find out that I don't live as righteously as you think I should. But positionally, in the eyes of God, I am righteous because the blood of Jesus has washed away my sins and it covers me. So I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have to focus on what God says about me in his word. Diet. I can't eat chicken and raw vegetables all the time. Boiled chicken with no seasoning and vegetables with no salt or no nothing on it. Just eat it all the time, week in and week out and month in and month out just so you can get up and show your muscles. We have to have a good diet. You know, he ate those things because he knew what was going to develop what he was trying to develop. We take a lot of things into our mind that's not healthy for our spirit. You can eat bad spiritual things just as easily as you can eat good spiritual things. We take a lot of things into our life that are not good for our spirit. So we need to read the word we need to feed our spirits on what God says about us. We need to remind ourselves every day of what God says about us. We need to feed our mind repetitiously with God, what God says about us because if we don't, we're gonna forget and we're gonna get wrapped up in our routine. We're gonna get involved in our routine and we're not gonna be focusing on what God says about us. We have to remind ourselves. I, I do some of this. I do more than this, but I do some of this every day. I remind myself that I'm loved. I am loved by God. I am forgiven. I remind myself every day that I'm forgiven. In all things, I'm more than a conqueror. If you don't know where that's at, it's Romans 8, 37. I'm more than a conqueror in all things. Even though it don't work the first time, I'm still more than a conqueror in all things because my God is with me. He loves me and I'm forgiven. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4 and 13. I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. I'm, I'm telling you what the Bible says about us, okay? Giving you scripture for most of it. God's favor surrounds me like a shield. Psalms 12 and five. God's favor surrounds me like a shield. I have no reason to lack for anything. Remember I read in James where you lack nothing? I have no reason to lack for anything because God's favor surrounds me uh, like a shield. I'm healed, 2 Peter 2 and 24. I am a testimony of healing. 
I've been healed. God's goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, Psalm 23 and 6. God has plans to prosper me, to give me a hope and a future, Jeremiah 29 and 11. God is perfecting everything that concerns me, Psalms 138 and 8. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You may not look, look at me and think that, but I am fearfully and wonderfully made because I am exactly how God created me. Psalm 139 and 14. <coughs> if you're gonna be able to overcome, you're gonna to have to spend some time in the weight room listening to what God says about you. There's not a, a failure in this room today unless we give up. <coughs> you hear me? There's not a failure in this room today unless we give up. When we give up, we've failed. When we keep trying, we're on our way to success. But it has to be through a commitment to the weight room. God's word says he'll give you wisdom without blame and rebuke. I'm excited about what God is bringing to light in my spirit. I'm excited that I've been encouraged to spend time in the weight room. I'm excited that I'm trying to learn how to count it all joy when I fall into various trials and situations. I am excited that I can see us being victorious. I felt so good Monday night when the chapel was nearly full. They were supposed to be social distancing, but they were sitting on top of each other in different areas of the chapel. I was so excited. There was only about a half a dozen people there that was there before they made me quit coming. Those, the chaplain said that half dozen people had been all over the compound telling everybody they needed to come to the Bible study. Well, I know one girl benefited by the Bible study and that's the one that gave her heart to the Lord. Amen. Stand with me, would you? I've not taught you anything new today, just trying to, trying to remind all of us that God is still on the throne of our life if we let him be. And if we wait on God to answer our prayer, he'll answer it one way or another. Sometimes it is no because we ask it for the wrong reasons, but he will answer our prayer. He does do what he says he'll do. And he does think of you like he says he thinks of you. There's, there's no failure if you don't quit, okay? No failure if you don't quit. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you and praise you for your generous mercy and grace today. We thank you that you've been so very good to each and every one of us. We thank you that we can keep coming back to you for the same thing and, and until you answer us. We thank you that you've, uh, you're patient with us without rebuke. Uh, without correction, without any of that, we're, we're just thankful that we can come to you and not feel 
condemned, but we can come to you feeling like we're loved. Father, we just ask that you take the message that's been shared today, bring it to fruitation in, in the hearts and the spirits of each and every person in this house. Let it become real to each and every one of us that we might walk in a greater level of faith and confidence in you, that the world might see that you are alive and well, sitting on the throne. Father, we just thank you for your generous mercy and grace again. In Jesus' name, amen.